Chapter 19 of The Charing Cross Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The London Road. Some fifty minutes later, the big, powerful car, which Pentony had commissioned in Kingsway, dashed up to Riversreed Court. Heatherwick found that there had been no exaggeration in Lady Riversreed's telephone message. She herself came hurrying out to meet them. There were men standing about the terrace, outside, and others visible in the park. A couple of uniformed policemen followed Lady Riversreed from her study, where Heatherwick supposed her to have been in consultation with them, and her first glance was directed on Heatherwick himself. She addressed him before Pentony could go through any hurried introduction. "'I've seen you before,' she exclaimed abruptly. "'You were with my secretary, Miss Featherstone, at Victoria Sunday morning. Are you engaged to her?' "'No,' replied Heatherwick. "'But we are close friends.' "'Well, Miss Featherstone's been run away with, and so has my sister, Madame de Sorel,' continued Lady Riversreed. "'That's the long and short of it.' "'You seemed almost incredulous when I rang you up,' she continued, turning to Pentony. "'But there's no doubt about it. "'They've been kidnapped under my very windows. "'And we haven't a single clue, a trace of any sort.' "'So far, you mean,' answered Pentony coolly. "'But come. "'But let me hear all about it. "'What are the details?' "'Details!' exclaimed Lady Riversreed. "'We don't know any details. "'All I know is this. "'My sister came here from Hampshire yesterday evening "'to stay a few days. "'This morning, after we had breakfasted, "'she and Miss Featherstone set out across the park for the home, "'leaving me here. "'I meant to follow in a few minutes. "'I did follow. "'I wasn't ten minutes behind them. "'But when I got to the home, they weren't there.' "'And Mitchell, the man at the door, said they hadn't come. "'They didn't come. "'Eventually I came back here to find out if something had happened "'and they'd returned by some other way. "'But they weren't here. "'Then I began to make some inquiry. "'One of the housemaids, who'd been looking out of a top window, "'said she'd seen a car go at a great rate down the middle drive "'in the direction of the high road.' "'soon after Madame Listorel and Miss Featherstone left the house. "'And, of course, there's no doubt about it. "'They've been carried off in that. "'This is more work of that man Basveris. "'You said something over the phone about strange men being seen in the car?' "'remarked Pentony. "'Oh, that, yes, the same girl said she thought that she could see two men sitting in the car,' "'answered Lady Riversreed. "'Of course they'd be strange.' Pentony turned to the policeman, at the same time, tapping Heatherwick's arm. "'I think we'd better go across the park and see for ourselves, "'if there are any signs of a struggle at any particular place,' he said. "'I don't think either Madame Listorel or Miss Featherstone likely persons to be carried off "'without making a fight of it.' "'Have you been across the grounds yet?' he added to the elder of the two men. "'I mean, by the path they took?' 
"'Not yet, sir. We've only just arrived,' answered the man. "'Come along, then,' said Pentony. He lingered a moment as Heatherwick and the policemen left the hall, and said a few words to Lady Riversreed. Then he hurried out and headed his party. "'This way,' he continued, leading Heatherwick along the terrace. "'I know the usual route to the home, plain sailing from here to there,' except at one spot and there i conclude whatever has happened did happen heatherwick paid particular attention to the route along which pentony led his party the path went straight across the park from the end of the terrace at the court to near the front entrance of the home and from the court itself it looked as if there was no break in it but about halfway between the two houses there was an important break which could not be seen until pedestrians were close upon it transecting the park from its southern to its northern boundaries was a sunk roadway the middle drive to which lady riversreed had referred gained from the park above on each side by ornamental steps whatever happened in that roadway heatherwick saw at once could not have been seen from the higher ground above save by any one close to its edge but two or three hundred yards or so from the steps which made a continuation of the path the embankments of the sunk road flattened out into the lower stretches of the park and there the road itself could be seen from the top windows of the court and from those of the home also Pentony paused at the top of these ornamental steps. "'If these two ladies have been carried off, as they certainly seem to have been,' he said, turning to his companions, "'this is the spot. Now just let me explain the lie of the land. The main road edges the park at the northern end, as you all know. But there is a good road at the southern extremity, and the sunk road runs down from it.' A car could come down from there, be pulled up here, and kept waiting until the two ladies came along. They would have to descend these steps across the road, and ascend the steps on the other bank to get to the other half of the park. Now suppose they're forced into a car at the foot of the steps. The car goes off for the main road and gets clear away within a minute or two of the kidnapping taking place there's the difficulty the thing would be easy to do granted force probably the two captives were forced into the car at the point of revolvers that's about it sir agreed the elder of the policemen no choice of the matter poor things and as you say they'd be in and off miles off before they fairly knew what had happened "'Come down and let's see the roadway,' said Pentony. "'But there was nothing to see at the foot of the steps. "'The road, like all roads and paths on Riversreed Court property, "'was in a perfect state of repair, "'and there was scarcely a grain of dust on its spick and span, "'artificially treated and smoothed surface. "'Certainly there were no signs of any struggle.' "'That's how it's been done. You may depend on it,' observed Pentony to Heatherwick, as they looked about. "'The men were waiting here with revolvers. 
they force them into the car and get in after them a third man an accomplice would drive off if only we had some more definite information about the car and its occupants there's an old chap coming down the road who seems to have his eye on us remarked heatherwick looking round he must have something to tell after all some of the people hereabouts must have seen the car the old man evidently a labourer came nearer looking inquiringly from one to the other he had the air of one who can tell something on occasion be you gentlemen uh, inquiring about a moti car that was round here this morning he asked as he came up i hear there was somebody uh, asking questions that way so i just come down along like we are answered pentony do you know anything the old man pointed up the sunk road to a part of the park where it was lost amongst trees and coppices lives up there i do he said my cottage it be just behind they trees t'other side of the road what this here runs into my garden it runs down to the edge of that road when i was a gardenin this mornin mebbe bout half past nine o'clock that was i sees a moti car what come along from your way and turns into this here sunk road mebbe that's what you're a-talkin about no doubt agreed pantany and we're much obliged to you now what sort of car was it closed or open oh twas closed up same as one of the old cabs what us don't see no more now said the old man but i see inside it for all that two gentlemen two gentlemen eh repeated pentony just so and a driver outside of course oh ay there was a driver outside to be sure in livery he was like a gentleman's servant smart feller could you describe the gentleman no surely two gentlemen though a sittin back i sees em and sees the modi car too turned down this here very road what sort of a car was it inquired pentony what colour was it painted well now you beats me it med be a sort o greyish colour or again it med be a sort o yaller lightish yaller or it med be drabish i couldn't zackly go for to say what it was proper but a lightish colour lightish grey yellow or drab something of that sort surely her wasn't a darkin anyhow but the feller what drove now he were in a dark livery i took particular notice of he cause he was so smart as never was green that was his colour and gold lace looked like a dude he did and i thought hearin as there was them in the park as was inquirin like as ow i'd come and telly pentony rewarded the informant with some silver and turned to his companions with a shake of the head a light-coloured car with two men in it driven by a man who wore a dark green livery with gold lace on it he remarked 
That's about all we're likely to get. And if this has been a carefully planned affair, the chauffeur would change his livery before they'd gone far, slip on another coat. However, they went back to the court, consulting together. Obviously, there was nothing to do but send out inquiries in the surrounding country. Pentony was skeptical about the success of these. When one considers the thousands of cars to be seen in any given area during one morning, he said, how can one expect that anybody, even rustics, should give special attention to any particular one? There's no doubt about it. They've got clean away. It seemed as if nothing could be done but to give the kidnapping full publicity through the police and the press. In the neighborhood of the court, Nobody beyond the housemaid and the old cottager appeared to have seen the car and its occupants. But during the afternoon, as Heatherwick and Pentony were about to set out for London, a man came to the house and asked to see Lady Riversreed. Lady Riversreed went out to him, the two men accompanied her, and found at the hall door an elderly, respectable-looking fellow, who had driven up in a light cart. He had heard, he said, of what had happened at Rivers Reed Court that morning, and he believed he could tell something, for he was sure that he had seen a car, such as that the police were inquiring after, pass his house. "'And where is that?' asked Lady Rivers Reed. "'About two miles the other side of Dorking, my lady, on the London road.' "'I'm a market-gardener, name of Thomas Chillum, "'and I was outside my garden-gate this morning, "'about near as I can reckon ten o'clock, "'when I saw a car, light-coloured, "'coming from Dorking at a particularly high speed, "'a good deal faster than it had any right to do. "'I watched it carefully, my lady, "'but just as it got near to my place, there was a man drove some sheep out of a by-lane a few yards past my garden, and the car was obliged to slow down. And so I saw the folks in it. Yes, said Lady Riversreed, and who was in it? There was a couple of men, my lady, on the front seat, and a couple of ladies in the back. Of course it was a closed car, but I saw em plain enough, all four, it seemed to me as if they were all either quarrelling or having high words. They were all talking together, anyhow. But though the car had slowed down, cause of the sheep, it was still moving at a fair pace, and of course they were gone, still moving at a fair pace, London way, in a minute, as it were. All the same, I saw him clearly enough to see that one of the men inside was a man I've seen before. About here, exclaimed Lady Riversreed. No, my lady, answered Chillum, in London. It's this way, my lady. Me and my missus, we've a grown-up daughter what's in service in London, Grosvenor Gardens. Now and again we go up to see her and stop a night or two close by, and of course we take a look around. Now I've seen that man two or three times about Victoria Station. I knew him at once when I saw him this morning, and— Just tell us what he's like, will you? interrupted Pentony. 
as near as you can. Well, sir, I ain't good at that, but he's a tall, good-looking, smart-dressed gentleman, with a beard and a moustache, taller nor what you and that other gentleman is, sir. I seen him in Victoria Street. Maybe it was his height made me notice him. And you're sure that was the man you saw in the car this morning? Make no doubt on it, sir. I'm as certain as that I see yourself. Oh, yes. Heatherwick put in a question. The second man in the car, did you notice him? Can you remember him? Chillum reflected for a while. I remember that he was a white-faced chap, he said at last, wore a top hat silk. When Chillum had gone away, Heatherwick turned to his companions. That sounds like Ambrose for one man, and Basveli for the other, he said. What devilry are they up to now? Pentony, we must get back to London. End of chapter 19